I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Hadas Kuznets with professional canner Marisa McClellan. She's a canning teacher, an author, a food blogger, a podcaster, everything having to do with canning. And I <laughs> want to point out this is your main job. It, it is. This is what I do for a living. You can. I do. Explain what canning is. Well, canning is really simply the act of preserving food. So making jams, making pickles, and then, you know, processing them in a water bath so that you can save them for later in the year. So if you want those sweet jams, jellies in the winter, this is the time to do it. Absolutely. Everything's in season right now. It seems like we're getting into the height of the canning season because you said before you want to can things at the height of their freshness, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that you remember that. Yeah, I always... Talk about it like it's a, you know, it's like the stock market. You want to buy low when things are in season and then eating them in the winter. It's like selling high. You're making your best investment if you can this time of year. And right now, everything is happening. Everything is blooming. Absolutely. So what's coming up? Well, so right now we are heading into cherry season. You're going to see sweet cherries and sour cherries. Then we're going to start to see apricots, which are one of my favorite fruits for jam making, for chutneys, for fruit butter. And then we'll have plums and nectarines and peaches. The tomatoes are coming and just just a few weeks. There's just so much that's happening right now. And strawberries have, are kind of ending. Yeah, strawberries are at the end. Blueberries are just starting, though, so you can still get blueberries. Raspberries are coming into season. The great thing about raspberries, too, is we have a season right now in sort of late June, early July, and then they come back in September again. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. There's Strawberries are kind of a weird two-season. Yeah, oh, ras- raspberries. Yeah, raspberries are a weird two-season thing. So why, yeah, does, awesome. how does, why does that work? It I, just does. I don't know, but it's magical. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us what to do. What are some of your favorite recipes, things to can? What do we do right now? Right now, I would say you want to do something simple and easy and delicious like apricots because they are showing up. They'll be around for several weeks and there's nothing easier than apricot jam because you're really just going to do apricots, sugar, and a little bit of lemon juice. And my favorite ratio to go with is two parts fruit to one part sugar. So you're going to measure out like four pounds of apricots or eight cups of chopped apricots, depending on whether you have a scale or just a measuring cup. So you're going to measure that out and you measure out half as much sugar. You can bind them in a big pot. You bring it to a boil. You cook it down till it's a big sticky mess. You add a little bit of lemon juice just to kind of balance the sweetness. And then you put it into jars and you can either can it or freeze it or just put it in the refrigerator and eat it. What's the difference between canning and freezing? Canning, you make it shelf-stable, so you can put it in your pantry, in your garage, in your basement. Whereas freezing, you're going to need to keep it in the freezer until you eat it. And so if the power goes out, you might lose your jam. And that's the beauty of canning, is that even if the power goes out, you're not going to lose anything. Is it a simple process to can once you have your stuff? Absolutely. So all you really need is a big stock pot, either a rack or a kitchen towel to put at the bottom. So like a round cake cooling rack is plenty. And then some jars and some new lids and a jar lifter. And you can even use a pair of tongs if that's all you have in your kitchen. And then basically what you do is you warm up your jars, you funnel the hot jam into those jars, you wipe the rims, you put lids and rings on, and then you put them back in the canning pot and boil them for 10 or 15 minutes. And what's happened is as you boil the jars, the air has vented out so that when they come out and they cool, a vacuum forms. And that's how they stay shelf stable. Okay, so let me recap. So you you boil your 
jars in your lids. Mm-hmm. You take them out. I guess you have to use yeah, pair of tongs or one of those, even those like silicone gloves, those heat proof silicone gloves. You can use one of those too. Okay, you put your freshly made jam into it. Yep. Seal the lids. Drop it back into the boiling pot. Yep, that's it. And then that's you boil it. it for like 10 minutes typically. You take them out and you know they're sealed when the lid is a little bit concave and you, when you push on it, it doesn't wiggle. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. so easy. It's so easy. People make a big deal out of it, but it doesn't have to be that hard. And then it's like healthy, no bacteria will get in. That's right. No mold, no nothing. Correct. And how long is a jar good for? The USDA says for best quality, you want to eat your home preserved foods within about a year. And I find that, you know, you can push that a little bit, maybe 18 months. But afterward, after that, things start to lose their color. They get a little funky. But, you know, 18 months is plenty of time to really enjoy your homemade jam. If you miss it in the winter, then you can eat it one more time. Exactly. And then do you put labels on your jars so you know when it was... Yes, although I'm I'm pretty lazy about labeling in that I don't print out beautiful labels. I grab a Sharpie and I scrawl the name of the preserve and the date I made it on the lid and call it good enough. But I definitely label. You always want to label because you think you're going to remember what's in there when you made it and sometimes you don't always. Well, if you're you and you have 175 <laughs> million jars in your house, yeah. then no, you're not going to remember. That's a lot of jars to keep track of. It is true. What's your favorite thing to can? Well, I love the apricot jam I just talked about. I also love doing sour cherries, which are another thing that are in season right now. And that's another one I do really simply. I just do either um, cane sugar or sometimes maple sugar and sour cherries, and I cook them down and make just a, a runny preserve. Another fun thing to do this time of year is um, pickled green beans or dilly beans. Those are really great. If you're not a sweet person, those pickles are really fabulous too. And again, they're so easy to make. And then I also, I love doing peach chutney as we head into peach season. Peaches combined with some chopped onion and raisins and spices and vinegar and sugar. It sounds a little crazy, but peach chutney is so good. And it's so good in the wintertime, like at a party with a cheese plate. So give us the recipe for peach chutney. Then I'm going to ask you for pickled green beans. All right. So uh, peach chutney, typically you'll probably start with about eight cups of chopped peaches and then maybe one red onion chopped up and like a cup and a half of raisins and spices. And you can really go in different directions. So I often like to do some cloves and some cinnamon. Sometimes I do a whole diced lemon because you get these little bits of the lemon rind. They almost get candied in the process. And then maybe two cups of brown sugar and a couple cups of apple cider vinegar. And it looks weird when you mix it all together. You're like, how is this going to become anything delicious. But then you boil it down and stir pretty regularly. And as it cooks down, it becomes this sweet, savory, tangy, really delicious condiment that you can serve with meat, with cheese. You can use as the base of like a savory tart. It's so versatile and so good. So basically you're boiling anything down, get creative, get crazy, put your spices in there, put your fruit in there. Yeah. Boil it and then it'll just boil down. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing to know is because you want to be aware to make sure that you're not making them something unsafe is you want to reference a recipe to see what the proportions are of like onion to vinegar. Tell me about the precautions you have to take. Well, when you're going to can something in a boiling water bath canner, it needs to be high in acid. And now jams almost universally are high in acid all on their own. But when you add onions to something, onions are a low acid food. So you just need to be aware that when you're adding onions to something that you're adding a compensation of vinegar 
or lemon juice to that recipe to ensure that it's going to remain high enough in acid to be canned. So that's often why chutneys, they do include onions, but then they also have a really healthy portion of vinegar or lemon juice or both in order to balance the acid again and make sure it's safe for canning. What is it about acid? Why do you need so much in order to keep it safe? Because acid inhibits botulism. So if you don't have enough botulism, when you can something, you can create a condition where botulism spores could develop into a toxin, but they are completely inhibited by large amounts of acid. And so you will never have something that's unsafe that's really high in acid because it's serving as an inhibitor for those botulism spores. So they just can't develop in the presence of a lot of acid. So when in doubt, throw a lot of lemon and lime in? <laughs> yeah, lemon and lime are really powerful preservatives as are like apple cider or white vinegar. So throw it all in there. There you go. And you know, if you have any questions, you can find a recipe online. There are lots of really good ones out there. It's easy nowadays. Yeah. Can you tell if something is not good when you open it? Yeah. So with high acid preserves, if it has spoiled, you're going to see or smell it really immediately. So you'll open up that jar and it'll be moldy or it will smell boozy and not in a good way. It'll smell like you know, something that has gone really fermented. Yeah, it'll smell fermented. And, you know, it's funny. People are all hot about fermentation right now. Like, oh, if it's fermented, it must be good for me. But you don't want to eat things you didn't intend to ferment. You know, if you're fermenting something intentionally, great. But, you know, if your um, chutney ferments in the jar and you didn't mean for it to do that, I don't recommend eating it. Toss it. Yeah. But um, you'll really be able to see your smell if something goes bad. All right. Pickled green beans. Yeah, so... I love green beans. They're they're one of my favorite vegetables. They're so crunchy. And here's the thing with pickles. People often feel like their cucumber pickles are too soft. So if you've ever made a cucumber pickle and you're like, it's a little soggy, it's a little soft, I didn't love it, try pickled green beans because they stay really, really crunchy. And so basically all you do is you line up some jars, you put some dill seed and mustard seed, black peppercorn, and some garlic cloves in the bottom of the jar. Then you cut up a bunch of green beans, cut them to fit the jars, and you pack them in there. While you're working on that, you're going to boil one part vinegar, one part water, and one tablespoon of salt for every cup of vinegar you used. So, you know, if you're making maybe like four or five pints, you want probably two cups of vinegar, two cups of water, and two tablespoons of salt. So you bring that to a boil. Once the jars are full of beans, you've, you've left a little bit of space between the top of the jar and the top of the green beans, you pour your brine in. You wiggle. You kind of tap, gently tap the jars to work out the air bubbles. You bring the brine up to about a quarter inch of headspace. And then again, you just put those lids and rings on. You screw those rings down. You put the jars in the pot of boiling water. You boil them for 10 minutes. And when they come out, they should seal. And then with pickles, jams you can eat almost immediately. With pickles, you like to give them maybe a week to sit on the shelf and get really good and pickly. And then they're delicious, crunchy, tangy, and so good. Can you also substitute tomatoes for the green beans or cucumbers for the green beans? Yeah, you could. You can do that same recipe with those things. Just know that they're going to be a little softer because they're not as sturdy a vegetable. Another really good substitute for green beans in this situation is um, if you like okra, which not it's a controversial vegetable, but it makes a really good pickle. Or cauliflower is another good one. <clears throat> or Carrots. Even, carrots are great. Yeah, carrot spears. So you can take that same formula and do a lot of different vegetables with it. So pickle your vegetables and add sugar to your fruits. Yep. You could do any fruit, right? Just about. You know, the only ones that don't jam real well, like pineapple, has an enzyme, and so it gets a little slimy when you try to make jam out of pineapple. But most fruits are going to behave beautifully. Sour cherries, you yep. said. Peaches, plums. Plum jam is one of my favorites. When I was a kid, we had plum trees. And so for me, the taste of plum jam is 
so nostalgic and so like takes me right back to childhood. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What's your favorite jar to crack open in the winter from this time of the year? This time of year, I really love having some chutneys because they're a great party trick. You know, I'll take them to parties with a baguette and some goat cheese or something. I also get really excited when I open up a jar of peach halves that I've canned. So typically in the summer, I'll get a bunch of yellow peaches and I'll can them in spiced either apple juice or white grape juice. And so they're really good for you because you're not adding a lot of sugar and they just are so flavorful. They smell and taste like summer. You just have them? Do you peel them? Yeah, you you peel, you cut them in halves or quarters and you peel them and then you pack them into jars and you pour either like a spiced juice. You can make like a water and sugar syrup or you can make a honey syrup. You pour it over to cover and then you, you can them and they keep beautifully. Is there an easy way to peel a fruit? Like do you have to drop it in water or do you just use a peeler? It it depends on how many you're peeling. So if you're doing a really big batch, dropping them in water is the easiest way to do a lot. My favorite way to do, if I'm doing like four or five pounds of peaches, is I'll get a really big heat-proof baking dish. So, you know, like my biggest lasagna pan. And I'll cut all of the peaches into halves and I'll bring a kettle of water to a boil. So that instead of bringing a big pot of water to a boil, I'm just boiling like my tea kettle. And then I pour that water over the peaches that I've arranged in this big heat-proof baking dish. And I just let them sit for like five minutes. And then you just dump out the water and the peels just pop right off. And so it's a really easy and fast way to do it. I love how excited you get about canning and about (laughs) fruits and vegetables. Is there anything you don't like to can? Like I love doing tomatoes, but it is a lot of work because tomatoes. sauces. Yeah, the sauces because, you know, when you cook them down, you might start with 100 pounds of tomatoes. And if they were really watery tomatoes, maybe you'll only get a dozen jars of sauce. So like the amount of product and labor that goes into a small array of jars can be kind of disappointing sometimes. But I still love having it. It's still worth doing. I just have to kind of gear myself up for it sometimes. Those tomatoes are a ripoff. They are. But, you know, it makes you really appreciate the tomatoes you buy at the grocery store because you think, oh, my gosh, someone did all of this work for me. And so, you know, you appreciate the ones you did. And then you also are sort of appreciative to the grocery store sometimes, too. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so you're really busy right now, aren't you? The summer, yeah. summer, uh, the time. This is it. Yeah. Are you, can- you're canning every day, huh? I would say I probably can five days out of seven this time of year. So I'll take a couple days off, but I'm definitely doing some little project or prepping some fruit for the next day or just kind of keeping my own little miniature canning factory going. So interesting. <laughs> you describe what your house looks like. So I, well, it's funny because I don't have a traditional like canner house. I live on the 20th floor of a high rise in Center City, Philadelphia. I have an 80 square foot kitchen, but I just keep going. And so every room of my apartment has jars in it. Sometimes to my husband husband's disappointment because he'll open up a cabinet thinking he can put something away. And instead there are jars there. You know, they're under my bed. They're under my couch. They're all over. But, you know, I feel like when you love something, you make the space for it. And so that's what I have done is I've made the space for it in my apartment. Some city dwellers put like shoes in their oven. (laughs) You put cans under the bed. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Have you noticed a rise in interest in canning over the past several years that you've been doing it? I have definitely. So I've been doing it and writing about it and really being engaged in it for like nine years now. And I have definitely noticed a rise in interest. And what I'm also noticing is that there's been sort of an evolution in interest. So at first, people just wanted to can. And then they started thinking, well, you know what? I only have two people in my household. I don't need all this stuff. So they started making smaller batches. And then people thought, well, there's a lot of sugar in this, so let me reduce the sugar. And it's interesting because I've had that same progression. And so it's been really interesting to watch this whole canning world evolve. But I would say that there are so many more people doing it now than there were a decade ago. 
that it's really great because people are interested in gardening and CSA shares and all of those things go hand in hand with canning. Oh, that's fascinating. Since you are also a canning teacher, you have some classes coming up. I and do. the best part about them, free. They are free. Yeah, that's right. So I'm doing, this summer I'm doing a series of free live streaming classes on Facebook. So if you go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash food and jars, they are the first and third Monday nights, every Monday night from 9 to 10 p.m. And so the next one that's coming up is July 3rd. And so you can come, you can get your questions answered. They're totally free. And it's a great way to have the process demystified for you because I'm just me in my kitchen making something and telling you about it. And then I'm also going to be doing a series of library events this summer. And the next one that's coming up is July 13th at the Glassboro Library in New Jersey. And But I'm doing a bunch of library events all summer. So people can go to my website and find out more information about that. So the website is? foodinjars.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can either go straight to facebook.com slash foodinjars or you can like your page or just go to your page, Yep, foodinjars, and they'll see you. I'll be there. And all your stuff. Yeah. Okay. So in the meanwhile, since your classes are in July, people want to practice. So where do you get your stuff? Like you were telling me, you're emailing farmers, calling for, do you go to, (laughs) do you have to go to a farm or you could go to the supermarket? You could. I've also noticed there's a lot of pick your own going on right now. There is a lot of pick your own, especially in South Jersey. If you're interested in peaches, they're coming soon. Blueberries started. I got an email the other day from Moods Farm Market, like near Mullica Hill, and that they have started cherries and they've got blueberries coming. So there's lots of stuff if you want to pick your own. Or you can go to the farmer's market and talk to your farmers and find out. They'll bring in a flat of something for you. Often I talk to my farmers and they bring the seconds in for me, which are simply the slightly less perfect fruit, which is perfect for canning because you don't care if it's perfect. It just needs to taste good. I know that some kids don't like, like, for example, the bananas that are a little round, but yeah. those are the sweetest ones. Oh, absolutely. So is that the same thing with the seconds? Definitely. The Sometimes, you know, like a peach that might be a little overripe, it's going to have such good flavor. So it's going to bring so much more sweetness to your jam anyway. So I love working with the seconds because it's also a way to participate in waste reduction because if you don't use them, maybe they're going to get thrown away. And so instead, you're doing a solid for the whole community because you're supporting your farmer, you're preventing something from going you know, back into the compost or landfill, and you're making something delicious with it. It's really the best of all worlds to my you mind. You get a deal? Yeah. Oh, and it's a deal. It's always a deal. You know, you talk to your farmers and they say, oh, yeah, I've got seconds. They're, you know, slightly split or imperfect. And they'll it'll be like as much as half off what they would charge you for the the first quality stuff. And you're like, done. I'll take it. I'll take double. Exactly. Flat for $20. Sign me up. What's the most challenging part about canning? I think the most challenging part is those moments when you've taken on more than you can chew. You know, you've bit off more than you can chew and you've got a kitchen where you've got mountains of fruit and pots are bubbling and you're hot and you're tired. So my biggest my biggest piece of advice, the biggest takeaway is to go for manageable amounts. And, you know, I'm talking about buying seconds. But don't, you know, get one thing. Don't get four things because then you're going to feel overwhelmed. And if you feel overwhelmed or if it feels like too much work, you won't do it. So, you know, go for moderate amounts, smaller batches and really make it approachable for yourself. Because really, if it goes bad, then you're done. Yeah. So you're not going to be saving any fruit from, you know, the waste stream if you let it spoil in your kitchen. All right. Tell us your website again, Marisa. It is foodandjars.com. And your events. What are you most excited about? Facebook? I'm really, I've been doing these Facebook events now for a couple of months and they are so fun because it is such a great way to interact with people. I love it. It's really fun to get people's questions and really help people over the hump. You know, it's all about releasing our fears about food preservation and empowering ourselves to do more and explore. 
So you're basically doing your thing and answering questions as you're canning in, yeah. the, in your kitchen. And it's my tiny 80 square foot kitchen. So people really get a peek into my life and they really see that if I can do it in my little kitchen, they can do it anywhere. Anyone can do this. Yep. All right. Marisa McClellan is a professional canner. She's a canning teacher, an author, and a food blogger. And if you want her books, the books are... Food in Jars, Preserving by the Pint, and Naturally Sweet Food in Jars. Can we get them anywhere? Anywhere books are sold. All right. Marisa McClellan, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Have a great summer full of... I'm I'm sure your summer is going to be full of (laughs) time in the kitchen. Always, always. Thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.